Welcome back. Another episode of Inside Illini Football. Episode 40. We're almost to 50, Scott Ritchie. Nice. I mean, still a ways to go to catch Inside Illini Basketball, which we'll record episode 175 next Monday. It's a milestone moment. Well, you've got like a two-year podcast, so I I guess if we wanted to record a podcast every day about Illinois football, we could catch up to you. I mean, do you want to add that to your workload, Scott? We could, but let's let's try to balance how much time I have with maybe how much time we need to talk about Illinois football. Um, I would imagine maybe if we went multiple podcasts a week, basketball would get first priority. Fair enough. Uh, that's the voice of Scott Ritchie, our man of many beats here at the News Gazette. What do you have, Scott? Three, four, five. I mean, let's call it. Three plus, okay, because Illinois f- basketball, football, volleyball—they're they're in the top twenty-five again. First time since uh, the end of the twenty nineteen season, okay. Um, and then you know the occasional high school sporting events. There you go. So I mean, I could count individual ones: football, soccer, <laughs> volleyball <laughs> coming up tonight. Um, but we'll just call it three plus. Uh, well, that's Scott. I'm Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, who makes Scott Ritchie work way too much. So feel free to lodge any complaints my way, Robin. Uh, she might. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk Illinois football. Uh, thought we'd be talking about a four and five Illinois football team going to Minnesota this Saturday, looking to keep that win streak going, and we're not because they lost twenty to fourteen to Rutgers last Saturday. And they like pull. They pulled what I like to call an Illinois. Let, let's verb. Let's make it a verb. They Illinoised it last Saturday uh, against Rutgers. Explain what happened, Scotty. I mean, if I could like accurately explain, you know, what happened, like not so much hire me <laughs> to run their football team, but I mean, it, the long and short of it is, what works for Illinois so well against Penn State, i.e., running the football. Rutgers, in a strange twist of fate, had a plan for it. <laughs> you know, and you know, Penn. I still can't figure out like what Penn State was doing. Let's just say in the second half of mm-hmm. that game, where Illinois was, you know, kept running their barge package with a million offensive linemen on the field because Penn State did nothing different to try and stop it. Rutgers had a plan. They put eight men in the box, almost all of them on the line, essentially, and. Just let Illinois run right into the the middle of the defense, which you know maybe should have attacked the edge a little more. And of course, when Illinois did attack the edge, maybe i.e. that fourth and one on their last drive of the game, the Rutgers cornerback made a play, dropped Chase Brown three yards behind the line of scrimmage, and that was the ball game. But you know, Brandon Peters all of a sudden is now an efficient quarterback. He had his best game and. Almost a full calendar year, and it was kind of wasted because Illinois couldn't run the ball and then couldn't stop the run either. It's not like Rutgers put up a ton of yardage, but mm-hmm. just in key moments, they, they picked up the yards they needed to. Uh, Noah Vedral, not a great quarterback, pretty shifty on his feet, though, um, picked up some yardage on the ground. It's from all those defensive slide drills he did as a part-time basketball player for Nebraska. Still, it's really the ago. only place like I can picture him in my head is checking into the Big Ten tournament in 2020, playing basketball for Nebraska, along with, I think, one of their like offensive linemen. Yeah. It was a walk. <laughs> just, they needed a body. Um, but it was just, Illinois, again, failed to capitalize on 
the momentum of a win. And in this case, like a real legitimate making national headlines type win. I mean, beyond, I mean, nine overtime certainly generated more, but they beat a top 10 team mm-hmm. on the road and then yeah. return home and can't build off of it, which is, in a way, what almost always happens. And it's not Brandon Peters' fault. No, he played well. Best game of the season from the embattled Illini quarterback. Spoke to reporters after the game Saturday, Scott. For the, for the first time in nine weeks and five days. Not that Scott was keeping a daily log of this at all. I didn't keep a daily log, but I did look it up um, after. Cause was he nice to you guys after he, the game? Was he pleasant? Did yeah, he say, he, hey, Richie, why are you, why are you picking on me? No, and because honestly, like, I'm not picking on you, Brandon. I'm just stating facts most of the time. But he was... He was terrific. Mm-hmm. It was like 14 to 19, 190 yards, two passing touchdowns. I Looked know. like the four-star quarterback out of Avon, Indiana that Jim Harbaugh signed at Michigan. Yeah, and the, his 52-yard touchdown pass to Isaiah Williams was like a near-perfect play. He hit Isaiah in stride, which is you – know, you think back to some of the, the long passing plays Illinois hit you know, through this year, it was like – you know, Span has had to work for some of those from Mark Sikowski. But this was a, a great pass, and you know, Brandon obviously was disappointed after the, the game because it was a loss, but he answered all the questions, and it's like, it's very tempted to be like, where have you been? <laughs> but I did not. Um, it was just, it was fairly solid defensive performance, except on fourth down. Better passing game than they've had all year. It just... Well, the, enough. They, the run game wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. No, I mean, they had some moments, and mm-hmm. it just just wasn't enough. And I don't know that there's an answer to not enough. I mean, better offense, I mean, from an execution standpoint, it was fairly okay, but didn't score again in the first quarter. Offense has three points total in the first quarter all season. Illinois has five points in the first quarter of every game all season with that Kirby Joseph safety on a punt in the Nebraska game. Seems like years ago. And then they get, what, shut out in the second half. So, I mean, there's some serious questions about, you know, what's happening with the offense. And I don't, I don't, I don't know that, I don't know what Illinois does to fix it with kind of the group that they have. Mm -hmm. Um, That's Tony Peterson's challenge. His job to figure that out, and so far I don't know that he has. What's uh, what's the mood post game like, uh, or what was the mood post game like Saturday from Brett Bielema? Obviously, he's experienced losing almost at an unprecedented rate this season uh, than he has at any other time in his career, especially in the Big Ten. Uh, I know he had some two losing seasons at Arkansas, but uh, did Saturday was that was that the most angry, upset? Was he just kind of? more frustrated than you've seen him? What was he like after the game on, on Saturday? Because, I mean, this continues a, a trend that Illinois had all season of keeping it close in Big Ten games and then ultimately not having enough to pull out a win. It wasn't angry, but I think that there were frustrations. And because this was another game like the Maryland game, the Purdue game, winnable in every definition of the word, and just don't have it mm-hmm. at the end. Um, so he's just frustrated. Um, and kind of frustrated with the offense a bit. And just He talked about maybe 
taking what the defense gives you and what the defense was not giving Illinois was running the ball up the middle. Mm-hmm. And it just took a while to start attacking the edge more with Chase Brown. I don't know if Josh McCray would have been fully healthy. Maybe that would have been a difference maker. Is he going to be back this Saturday, Scott? There's really no official word. Okay. So, I don't know, maybe. But it's just I think it was just frustration because it was just another one, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. Like they've been there before and have lost more than they've won in those close games. And it does not get easier for the Illini this Saturday. Uh, they get to travel and play the leader in the Big Ten West now. Minnesota blows me away. Cause, you know, six and two Gophers, four and one in the Big Ten West. No one has a better uh, conference record in the Big Ten West after Iowa's fallen flat in in its last two games, uh, losing to Purdue and then getting thumped by Wisconsin. I uh, have to think. Wisconsin might have the upper hand because they kind of control their own destiny uh, to winning. They're playing better. They're playing a lot better. Uh, They're getting back to what Wisconsin does well, and that's run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And uh, kind of all started in Champaign, too, earlier in October. But um, Minnesota runs the ball real well. They've had five running backs, I believe, top 100 yards. Yeah, mostly because season. three of them are now out for the year. That's true. You know, Mo Ibrahim was you know the top, maybe the top mm-hmm. running back in the Big Ten. He was Ten. Big Ten running back of the year last year. Yeah, uh, gets hurt early mm-hmm. you know, in the season. He's out. Um, Trey Potts. That's after he rushed for, I think, 160-some yards against Ohio State. Yeah, Trey Potts was next to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce Williams got hurt last week against Northwestern, and he is now out for the season. But then, I mean, so you, know, you lose your number three running back, and then number four, Kai Thomas mm-hmm. rushed for 100 yards. And number five, Marquis Irving. A true freshman from the state of Illinois. Yeah, rushed for 100 yards and two touchdowns. And they're both um, healthy and ready to go. And and uh, Minnesota's got an experienced quarterback. Tanner, Tanner Morgan. Morgan. They're not throwing. I mean, haven't had to throw the ball yeah. that much. But they also have a, a what turns out to be a terrific offensive line when you have that much turnover at the running back position and it just nothing changes. Your guys up front. Are probably the main reason, but you know, to see Marquis serving freshman out of Chicago, and he rushed for 110 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that is a could be on Saturday a recruiting miss coming home to roost for Illinois because you know the former staff recruited recruited Marquis serving apparently not hard enough because he was you know, he made you know, multiple trips to Champaign on official visits. Seems like he was very interested, and then sort of classic Lovey Smith recruitment. They weren't super you know, concerned about trying to seal the deal early. And then he winds up in Minnesota, and now he's probably going to rush for 100 yards uh, on Saturday against the Illini. Way to be a way to uplift Illinois fans' hopes going into Saturday. I'm just saying, like you're going to remember, you're going to see Marquis serving and be like, "Hey, that, that name sounds really familiar." Did. He's from Chicago. Did Illinois recruit him? Kinda. And then when he's running, you know, behind their six, seven, four hundred pound tackle, Daniel Falalele, maybe mm-hmm. like great. At <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota, made some news earlier today. We we're recording this on on a sunny yet chilly uh, Wednesday afternoon here in Champaign. Uh, PJ Flex sticking around in uh, the Twin Cities for a while. Minnesota announced a seven year contract extension for the. Uh, oarsman himself is that an appropriate word for a a boat? Sure, I'm not sure. Oarsman. I mean, there's 
in the tunnels of Huntington Bank Stadium. I had to think. It's no longer TCF Bank Stadium, the the Minnesota uh, football venue that opened in 2009, changed names prior to the season. Huntington Bank Stadium. Just like you're going to have to get used to in basketball, Scott. uh, Big Ten Terminus back in Indy in March, right? Yeah. You were just there. Couldn't tell month. you what the name is. Gainbridge okay. Fieldhouse. Conseco. Used to be yeah, used to be <laughs> Conseco. Used to be Bankers Live and now it's Gainbridge. Anyway, this Saturday when Illinois football plays at Minnesota, it is in Huntington Bank Stadium. One of the, I'd say one of the cooler venues though. Uh, it's Ten. it's real nice. But in the tunnels on every mm-hmm. wall available, yeah. oars and oars and oars as far as the eye can see. It's a it's a real weird thing. PJ Fleck is Kind of owned the Illini too, even dating back to his so time at Western yeah, Michigan. Minnesota. Um, oh. Former All-State football player at Caneland High School in Maple Park knows the state of Illinois pretty well. It's recruited the state of Illinois. Yes, very well. Uh, beat Illinois in 2016. He's a head coach at Western Michigan, then went to Minnesota. Only one loss to the Illini. Uh, 2018, when Reggie Corbin and Dre Brown ran crazy yeah. uh, in the win here in Champaign, but uh, Minnesota dominated in. Uh, 2020 here in Champaign, uh, one in 2019 uh, up in Minneapolis. Brandon Peters got hurt in that game. Memory serves me correct. Yeah, because Matt Robinson finished. I don't. Yes, I think he had a concussion. Anyway, Gophers looking for the third straight win in the series. Um, what's going to happen on Saturday, Scotty? Well, I mean, dramatic I think, pause. I think if you look at the the score of the Northwestern game from last week, 41-14 win. Don't be real surprised if it's similar because, I mean, the Illinois offense, even when things are better, when they have a passing game to speak of, only scored 10 points. And I don't think that they're not even a week's time will you know, change that all that much. Um, yeah, I just think I don't, we'll call it 38 to 13. Okay. Right? That 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 way you, you'll remember it when you're writing your uh, your preview for Saturday's news gazette. Thirty eight thirteen Gophers is what you're saying before you hop on a plane and make the short flight to Minneapolis. Ninety five minutes from nice. from Midway. Okay, you got to drive to Midway though first. Better than O'Hare. Very very true. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, everything about Midway is better than O'Hare. It's just there, there's, there's I mean I guess you have fewer. You or you could just to, stay in your car and just make the eight-hour drive to Minneapolis, Scott. But it's about sorry. seven and a half okay. from Champagne. I've clearly done it yes. a time or two. Yeah, that's all right. Um, but you know, cheap flight. You're gonna be you're gonna be back in Minneapolis in about two months or so for basketball. I think they play the day after New Year's, January second. January second at the barn with fans. Love the barn, historic Williams mm-hmm. Arena, real close to Huntington Bank Stadium too. You can see it from the, the from the press box. Um, Are they going to serve you breakfast on Saturday, Scott, at the press box? I assume so. And okay. Minnesota press box, like they, they do pretty good on the food front. Yes, they do. Uh, yeah, January second. It's supposed to be a terrific day on Saturday. Weather wise, yeah. Here comes Scott's annual reference to when he was in Minnesota. What three years ago? And yeah, it was like, cold in it, it was cold in the winter in Minneapolis. Who would have thought that? Th- this is beyond cold, but it's supposed to be like fifty four, fifty five degrees on Saturday. Perfect. Okay football weather perfect football weather i was out at a high school football practice here in the area down in tolono yesterday and scott hamilton the longtime leader of unity high school saw me i went to talk to him and he was dressed you know all bundled up this is 
this is playoff football weather, perfect football weather. So. Yeah, but this right I mentioned covered basketball game in Minneapolis a few years ago. The actual real temperature <laughs> was negative twenty five. The wind chill was negative fifty four. And then you saw Ed Bond walking outside the hotel in a polo. <laughs> <laughs> I, that would have been dangerous to actually do that. Like, I've, I've never been colder in my life. I spent maybe a grand total of two and a half minutes outdoors, <laughs> just long enough to run and I run from my Uber to the arena. Um, yeah, great weather Saturday, Minneapolis. Maybe not great football. Uh, but you never know. Last time I thought that, Illinois went to Penn State. And exactly. I'm not going to even mention what happened because I don't want to put the jinx on Saturday. You don't want a nine. You don't want an eleven overtime game on Saturday. Well, now that you said it, we're going to have it. So <laughs> strap in for the next longest football game ever in college football history. What was the nine overtime game called? Was it a Nanupal? Nanupal. I don't know what eleven sounds like. An Oompa Loompa. Ten, it'd be desuple, and like I, I googled that because like I thought <laughs> they're obviously gonna get there. Did not go to eleven, and I hope there's zero overtimes. Uh, Illinois comes in three and six on the season, two and four in the Big Ten. Um, does the does the unrealistic chance of making a bowl game does that officially end? On Saturday is what you're predicting. Uh, that's what I'm predicting. It, and then looking ahead, they're off uh, next weekend, second second bye week of the season. Next week after uh, the Minnesota game, then they end at Iowa on November 20th. Iowa's not looking so great right now, but it's still Kirk Ferentz. It's still Iowa. And then they end the season November 27th here in Champaign uh, against Northwestern. Crazy, too, to think that they're going to go almost a month in between home games at Memorial Stadium, but that's just kind of the way the schedule fell this year, especially having a week zero game back in late August. Um, What do you want to see out of this Illinois football team in these final three games of the regular season? Big picture looking ahead to 2022 and beyond, Scotty. I think the ideal would be for the offense to show some of the consistent, albeit maybe not quick, but consistent growth that the defense has had. I mean, you think back to the, the game at Virginia, and I'm sitting in the, the open-air press box at my stadium. Scott Stadium. My stadium. Nice and weather that day. It's great. I was just thinking. 18-hour trip to Charlottesville, round trip the, the time you were there. Yeah, it's a long time. Um, but just watching that defense just give up big play after big play, I was like, man, here we go again. I've seen this mm-hmm. for five years. Yeah. And Ryan Walters' unit has shown. Yeah, they made some. And I think that's a, if you're looking for some glass half full optimism, what the defense has done after its first three games this season is, is room for now. You can't have that backslide these final three games and go sure. back to what they did. But, but I mean, after that terrible performance, shellacking no in Charlottesville. Made, you know, some minor personnel changes, but also changed the scheme because they've been running almost like straight man with their secondary and was not working so they mix in some zone and just maybe cater the defense a bit more to the personnel it's a novel concept and it worked and they've just been a little bit better every week and haven't you didn't have the the takeaways um against Rutgers I mean mm-hmm. almost I mean had one essentially on the first play of the game I mean that was a fumble that Chase Brown or Sydney Brown, excuse me, 
twins. Sydney Brown recovered. Identical twins. Um, and but the offense has not done that. The offense has been much more just up and down. I mean, obviously, three hundred fifty-seven rushing yards at Penn State. It's something, but just so inconsistent in terms of production. Um, so last three games, maybe find something you do it well, then just keep doing it. And then when the defense adjusts, you adjust to keep being consistent. Consistency is the thing because it'd be tough to win any of the last three games. I mean, Northwestern's probably you know, the best chance. But Pat but Fitzgerald owns the Illini. He does right now. Um, but just any type of consistency, just to lead into the off season where and the roster is going to change in significant ways, but. To have any type of any, even if it's not wins, just any type of like positive momentum is like the only way you can finish this season on a good note. Well, this is a, a football centric podcast each and every week, but we'd be remiss to not one off wish a happy birthday to Lauren Tate, the man, the myth, the legend, turns 90 years old today. His next column uh, will be in Sunday's News Gazette. Hopefully, if you're a listener to this podcast, you also listen to Monday Night Sports Talk. We had uh, Lauren on this past Monday night at the Esquire. Told some really funny stories. It was uh, give that a give that a listen if you can. But by the time we record our next Inside Atlanta Football podcast, Scott Brad Underwood's men's basketball team will played its first game, albeit without Kofi Coburn. You're the beat writer. Entering seven, season number seven on the beat. I think that's right. I'm glad you're confident in that. <laughs> There's some lean years there at the beginning. <laughs> They're tough to remember. You just control. You can control, Scotty. Um, Final four or bust this season. What? What's your? Give us a two minute outlook on on Illinois basketball. We got to get through the first three games. That'll be a start, and we'll be without Kofi Coburn. His suspension is handed down by the NCAA. Keep him on the, the bench against Jackson State, Arkansas State, and Marquette. Fans obviously took that news well. He's uh, being sarcastic. Yeah. Just, just don't go on Twitter. Um, real anger. And a real confusion about who suspends whom for certain, um, let's say, mistakes. And in terms of Kofi's, made a mistake. Like mm-hmm. He broke a rule. Yeah. Uh, saw a lot of, oh, but Mark Few, like, yeah, had got a DUI. Should he have been suspended more than two exhibitions and Dixie State? Yes, Gonzaga blew it there. I mean, but that was their choice. It was not the NCAA. It's comparing, because I heard today from a colleague, apples to bowling balls. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Joey Wagner for that one. Um, so I think Illinois is going to have to, figure things out in those first three games and they should they have the talent to kind of escape from this start that they didn't want unscathed mm-hmm. um and then you work kofi back in the, the picture and you've got a team ranked in the top 25 to start the year and a team that i think has the talent to make a extended ncaa tournament run of course we thought that last year and they lost in the second round to Loyola. But uh, there's potential with this team. And you know, beyond Kofi's absence, I mean, we saw what not having Trent Frazier, Demonte Williams, Austin Hutcherson, particularly the first two, 
meant against Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Tough. Mm-hmm. It's good to not have them, but when fully healthy, when 100% in terms of not being suspended, this is an Illinois team that I think can compete with anybody in the country. So what, you're, what I'm hearing, what I'm gleaning from all this is that we should expect a parade next April in Champaign to celebrate a national championship for Brad Underwood's alignment. Certainly not going to say that out loud. I'll say because it. Because someone will play this back. Party down Green Street. If it means a trip to New Orleans for the Final Four, though, I'm all for it. I think New Orleans is ahead of Minneapolis in terms of favorite Scott Ritchie destinations to to visit. Yeah, I mean, New Orleans is maybe at the top. Okay, fair enough. We'll ha- we'll discuss more travel and vacation tips on our next podcast of Inside Atlanta Football. Right now, Scott has to go write everything that he's going to write in the next week, which includes a special section that comes out next Tuesday, devoted to Illinois men's basketball, uh, which should hopefully, Scott will get most of it done either before he departs from Minneapolis or as soon as he gets back from Minneapolis. Yeah, it'll be I'll be back in town early on Sunday. Cause Scott is going to spend the next six straight days staring at his keyboard writing, writing words. So that's just how I spend most of my days anyway. <laughs> <in your life. laughs> All right. Well, this uh, wraps up episode 40 of Inside Atlanta Football. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.